Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, we have Kate Northrup. She's a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and author of some phenomenal books around doing less and having a love story with money. So that's what we talk about on today's episode. We go deep. We talk a lot about how our body is so much controlling our thoughts, our beliefs about money, and about just how we are in the world of achieving our goals, but doing it in a way that works for us on our own terms. And we go there today and we get, she gets really specific on what you could do daily basis to move the needle so you're not overworked and overstressed. Absolutely. We talked about burnout and how we can increase our tolerance of being still. And how does that look like in terms of completing the emotional cycle? And, and you might be thinking, how the hell does this relate to real estate? Well, that will change the way that you're perceived by others when you are in negotiations or presenting yourself. So it's actually fundamental. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. Right, Andressa? Indeed, whatever balance means to you. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we are so excited to welcome Kate Northrup on our show today. We're going to be talking about doing less, which we all need need more of that in our lives, Kate. So we're so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for being on the Real Estate Investor Show. Thanks for having me. 
Good stuff. So before we jump into Kate's story and all the golden nuggets she's going to be sharing with us today, we'd like to get connected to all of you amazing women and men. We do know a lot of men listen to our show, which we appreciate. We appreciate that. But you know, our, our, our goal is to help women any way we can globally in living life on your own terms. And we stand for that. We really not just stand for it. We, anything we do and plan, we, we focus on that. So we, we have your back, ladies, and, and certainly the guys out there. Andressa, we always like to get connected to everyone. So what is happening for you? What quick tip or quick story do you have to share mm-hmm. with, with our listeners? Well, I am currently playing Monopoly with my son, my six-year-old son, for the first time. It's been quite interesting because we're still playing, right? We st- for the past three days, we're, we're still playing. But it was very, very interesting. He's six years old. This game, I think, is for eight years old. So I was like, I don't know if he's going to understand the terminologies. And listen, I was extremely surprised. He gets it. He gets it. But the thing that I was more like, proud of is that I came, me and Dressa, came to the conclusion about or the, the awareness about what is an asset, where is an liability late my 30s, right? He's six years old and he's talking to me about assets, right? And he picked it up very, very easily. The most important lesson that he got and he's winning, damn it. He's winning the game. That's the worst thing. But the, the, thing. the thing that he's, he's got is that he didn't have too much cash and he started getting upset with that mm. because he thought that the, the amount of cash that he had in front of him was determining if he was losing or winning the game. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great lesson for me to teach you, buddy. But look at your assets, right? And the houses. And then he understood the concept of of, uh, houses and the hotel. And he even made a joke with me, Liz, because I showed him the, the project that we closed, 607 unit. And he's like, mommy, was that a hotel or a house? I was like, well, those were hotels, if you think about it. So the reason why I'm saying this to you is that he's six, but he gets what an asset is, what a mortgage is, and the benefits of rent, he loves rent, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, if he will do real estate or not in the future, but it is just an option that I am given to him. If he wants to be a painter, a tattoo artist, a dancer, (laughs) I don't care. But it's just a tool that he's aware of that it is a possibility for him. And if he wants to use it, it's available. So there you go. I'll keep you guys posted about the end of the game, if I still made it or, or not. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And and you know, the other great game too to get introduced to him is cash flow for kids. He so is also, doing it with his okay. dad. Yeah. <laughs> but but like Monopoly is a great and there's a gr- lot of great lessons in there you could totally tie in. It's mm-hmm. you know, I don't like boardwalk. That's the most that, that's that's the hot markets. That's like the hot markets, right? We can go through Monopoly and the analogies of investing. Awesome yeah. stuff. So keep us posted. I will uh, hopefully you'll win at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for being on our show. We love the work that you're doing. You know, we have three pillars that we stand upon for our community. Real estate investing is obviously our core. It's, you know, the kind of the base, but, but self-care and, and business and really taking not just self-care, like getting your nails done, but self-care in a sense of your mindset, your emotions, uh, holistic is really important to us as we teach and share and build our invest her community, because we don't want women to be investing, making money 
and then they hate themselves, right? And they're burnt out. And so what, what your work is in terms of all the great work you're doing in terms of having people do less is so near and dear to our hearts and I think the women in our community. So thanks for being here. As we kick off questions for you and just we had a lot of them in terms of really getting to this topic, what propelled you to get involved in this work? And, you know, how did this find you? I know people mm. often say this work finds people, right? It so does. I'm curious how that, how that journey happened for you. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm just so happy to be talking to you both right now. And that story about playing Monopoly with your son just really touched my heart. I have a six-year-old little girl and I actually started my own journey into business early. I started reading books by Robert Kiyosaki when I was in high school. And so hearing, just being reminded of, of the power of assets and liabilities and like the empowerment of financial education um, I'm just really excited to be having this conversation. I am often more on spirituality, sort of like wellness conversations, and I love those too. However, there's something about this one, like in the like hardcore financial freedom. I'm just thrilled to be having this conversation because, like you said, they're not separate, right? Our financial well-being is deeply connected with our emotional well-being. And my first book was called Money, A Love Story. And it was really about my own journey, uh, getting a whole boatload of debt paid off and really growing up around, you know, I wrote it in my 20s just a while ago, but <laughs> like <laughs> becoming an adult. And for so many women, because of, you know, the history of women and money and in, and the fact that, you know, in the 1970s, women couldn't even get a credit card in their name, right? A line, my grandmother couldn't even get a line of credit in her own name when my grandfather died in the seventies. It's like, that was 30 seconds ago, you know, in the, in the timeline mm -hmm. of history. So we're updating fast, but the thing is that so many women have not had this education and the fact that money education is not separate from self-care is so important. And knowing that like, it's not necessarily about getting your nails done. Like, I mean, for sure, get your nails done, but <laughs> please, <laughs> if you want, but taking care of ourselves involves taking loving care of our finances. They are not separate. Becoming financially literate is not separate from taking exquisite care of yourself. It's all one. And so I just love that you're, you're, you're here and, and you're sharing this message. So how did this work choose me? Well, you know, I shared a little bit of my story. I was, I was really into the energetics of money, really into sort of the spirituality aspect of money, but really resistant to the practicals and really thought, thought like, you know, if I just believe in abundance, it'll all work out. But like, meanwhile, I was spending more money than I had. So it does, it doesn't work out. <laughs> it's, it's both. And so I had my first book and that came out and that went really well. And then, and then I got pregnant with my first daughter and it was during that journey of becoming a mother that this next body of work around do less chose me. And so I really struggled during that pregnancy. I was so tired and I had always identified as really capable, just as a capable woman. You know, I'm a New Englander from Maine. We are just like, we're hardy people. And that Puritan work ethic runs really strong in my blood. And I love that part of myself. However, what I realized is that I was identifying exclusively with my productivity and with my capability. And here I was for have the first time in my life, having a physical limitation 
where I just, I mean, and, and I hate to even call pregnancy a physical limitation. You're like making a human being. So it, literally, right? Yeah. So it's, the, I mean, it's, it's the most powerful time, right? Absolutely. But, but I couldn't do in the visible ways that I had been able to do my whole life. And then I had a really rough birth experience. I had a really rough postpartum experience. And that first year was just brutal postpartum anxiety, postpartum insomnia, a baby that wouldn't sleep. She had severe eczema. She was waking herself up, scratching in the night every 10 minutes, like her sheets were bloody. I mean, it was like really not awesome. However, a year after she was born, I thought I could run my business with 10 hours of childcare a week. I thought that like, that would be more than enough. I'm not sure what I was smoking, but (laughs) (laughs) so I, you know, we weren't sleeping. I, I was like barely working. I don't even know what happened during that year, but a year after she was born, we sat down with our accountant and we realized we had made more money in our business that year than we had ever made before while working significantly less. And so while I would not repeat that year for anything, unless I could like give it a complete redo, (laughs) I realized there is really something to this because what if I could look back and see, okay, what did we do that was different? What did we do less of? What did we do more of? How did we focus? What boundaries did I set? And if I could do that on purpose, not in a time of duress, then I could really have something. And I know I'm not the only one that this work could apply to. And so that new discovery became a membership and a book and a planner system and a whole other body of work. But really it's the same thing, right? Like money, a love story was about, was about our relationship with our worth through money and do less is about our relationship with our worth through time and work. Same, same conversation. Absolutely. That's awesome. I want to take a step back because you mentioned Robert Kiyosaki and Kim Kiyosaki is going to be our keynote speaker at our InvestorCon coming up in June. And one thing that she says is that about the women financial literacy, and she said men and women many times don't know what the hell is going on with the money world. But she said that women throughout history has been trained or allowed to depend on somebody else. It is really daunting when it's just like, it's you, honey. There's no prince that's going to save you. There's nobody else that is going to come to do the work. So there is this paradox between, I understand the financial freedom, the time that can provide me to do whatever I want, but I have this relationship with money that feels like uh, dirty or I don't, I shouldn't be focusing on the money itself, or you either are too much of a saver that you become the opposite of abundance, or you're just spending a lot and it's just like getting to, to trouble. So for the women that are listening, how they can really create a love story with, with their, their money, where do they get started? Well, it starts with paying attention, right? And we have to do this in small doable ways because uh, something I've learned about since I wrote Money, A Love Story is the nervous system and the way in which our nervous system impacts our unconscious behavior and the way in which it impacts our limitations and our power. And so because historically as women, there has been so much limitation and oppression especially around financial empowerment, we have to understand that the ancestral trauma of 
the women in our lineage actually lives in our cells. And so there's that. And then there's the collective trauma of witnessing other women at this time in history struggle or be limited, whether it's something in the news, whether it's a friend, whether it's, you know, a story you read about that also impacts us. And then there's our own, there's our own experiences with money as well. And so what's important to know is that we have those things living in us, but it doesn't mean those have to write the story anymore. And so we can shift not only our nervous system programming, but also our mental programming. And the beautiful thing is that when we shift our beliefs around money and our emotions around money, it automatically shifts our nervous system. And when we shift our nervous system around money, it automatically helps to shape and shift our beliefs in a positive way. And so when it comes to wanting to shift your relationship with money, the reason I say starting with doable pieces, small doable pieces, is that oftentimes in our culture, we'll come in with this super like aggro extra, like, oh, I'm going to overhaul everything. Like, you know, those shows, the extreme home makeover and stuff. It's like, I'm going to do an extreme financial makeover. Now, what we see, and we see this when people win the lottery, right? That if you don't have the systems and the substrate, the emotional and systematic and also belief level substrate to hold that kind of expansion, it just goes right back into contraction. That is because of the nervous system. So there's a term called titration and titration is doing small doable amounts so we can expand and expand and expand similar to how you might dilate, you know, from zero to 10 centimeters while you're in labor. So what's an example of a small doable action step? Well, one that I recommend starting with is simple and powerful, and it's a rewiring action, which is every morning to wake up and look at your bank account balance or look at your, if you have multiple, you know, obviously most people don't have just like one bank account, but (laughs) to, to just take a look at your money in some way. And while you do that to focus on gratitude for what is abundant in your life already, what that does is it rewires simultaneously your brain and your nervous system, which are really actually part of the same system, but it rewires you to feel expansion and rest and peace and relaxation. So it automatically, it puts you into a parasympathetic nervous system response while interacting with money. And so it begins to create a Pavlovian response where money feels better. And when money and interacting with money feels better, you will go into conversations with your financial advisor in a different way. You will have conversations with your spouse in a different way. You will go ask for that raise. You will negotiate, you know, for a better rate on a mortgage. Like you'll do those things because your body feels safe. And then the other thing that's really cool is that as you do that in your body, you are actually updating your own lineage so that that ancestral trauma and limitation does not continue to get passed down. And instead you are passing down a sense of safety and well-being and abundance on a cellular level. Oh, I love this so much. 
I love this very much because there's a full cycle that, that goes from, from the, how can you break the cycle, right? It's many things are, we do it. Are, are really unconscious. And I think that is so important what you're saying about putting ourselves on the stage of relaxation, because then we are not in survival mode. Because yeah. when we're in survival mode, we make decisions and we, we don't have the power to negotiate with our lenders, to renegotiate whatever you were to negotiate. So the mindset, it's uh, as important, and Liz and I really stand for it. The mindset, the well-being is as important. Ladies that are listening, please listen. As you, you might know the strategy, the real estate strategy, you might know the content, the knowledge and the how to, but this, what Kate is saying is so important, as important as the strategy itself. Because if you're not aligned as a whole, there is a discrepancy and you might not even know why things didn't work because there's no alignment in that. Yeah, absolutely. I recently went through an experience myself about, you know, speaking to my daughter about something I was, you know, shopping with her and, you know, and I, I, you have to watch what you say to your kids, right. About money and it's all your own relationship. And it just speaks to the idea of what you're, you're saying of just like the gratitude versus, you know, that's expensive or, you know, the things that I heard as a kid. And so it's, it's very interesting how just subtly we, we say things to kids and people and it's our own belief system. Right. And we're not even aware to your point, you know, what you said earlier. So I love that. And I think it begins with ourselves. And I think the gratitude part, I don't know if I'm sure you see this with all the work you do, Kate, is like, you have to feel grateful. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this. And then I move on to something else. And I'm like, what did I just say? Like, I don't even know what I just said. It's, it's, it's literally just comes out of my mouth and I don't feel grateful. So you gotta, gotta feel grateful. I love that. So talking a little bit about doing less, I know that was your next kind of work. You know, I, I think, um, this is a topic near and dear to me uh, because I have um, gotten so much insight into myself recently about my work ethic and how that's so great on many levels and not so great on so many levels because it can get in your way. This, this incestuous need to just always be in action. It takes from your peace, takes from my peace. And I, and I looked in the mirror about some things coming up for me around the work ethic to your point came from like an Italian family of there were signs everywhere in our house. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Wow. That's what you so, said? The, the sign? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. Wow. So I, I, while I say this and why I love this topic, because it's something that's on my journey to continually look at. And I, working hard is just, I feel like who I am and I'm going to choose differently. And now that I'm more aware and some of those things that I knew that about myself, but like really stepping back going, who you've been is not who you need to be or can be, right? And it's the rewiring. So walk us through a little bit of just some of the, I think so many women listening to this want to do less. Yeah. How do we start doing less? How do we not feel guilty doing less? Just so many questions around this. So you know, where do we begin with this topic? Okay. So I love that you shared that story. That programming is really intense. I just want to say. And so yeah. for the purposes of this conversation, so many people read the topic of my book of do less and they're like, I can't do less. I have a mortgage. I, my entire family depends on me. I have to feed them. I have maybe a team I need to pay. Like the world will fall apart. And so I want to let you all know if you were thinking that I am not do less is not about like lying on the beach 
and drinking (laughs) pina coladas. Okay. I mean, feel free to do that from time to time. (laughs) However, I think it's a very common assumption that they hear people here do less and they automatically replace it with do nothing. So what it is, is doing less of the things that don't get you the results that you want so that you have more energy, time, and bandwidth for the things that do get you the results. What's really important about this is be, is, is taking like rising up out of your day-to-day routine and taking a hard look at what it is that you do with your time and identifying, okay, are these things that I am doing leading to the results that I want? Some of them will be, and some of them won't be. There are so many unconscious things that we do because we were programmed to believe they make us good wives, good mothers, good sisters, good daughters, good women. And, you know, for the men who are listening, like a good man. However, that's all just cultural programming. It's not true, right? Like it's not true, objectively speaking. So we need to actually look at our lives because if I were to do my entire life, according to what my mother thinks is best, right? I would just be recreating the lineage. Some of that stuff is awesome, but some of it is not. And so we have to take a minute and pause and say, first of all, my worth is not exclusively determined by what I do and how busy I am. Because if we're operating in the paradigm that we are worthy and lovable and valuable because of how busy we are and because of the number of things we do, we will keep just doing more things regardless of what those things are leading to from a results perspective. So, you know, as an example, let's say as a mom, I grew up in a family where, and this is not true for me, by the way, but let's just pretend it was. I grew up in a family where my mother did everything for everyone. She did all the laundry. She did all the cooking. She made sure everyone was taken care of. She packed all the bags. She did all the things and she never like complained about it except for sideways martyr comments, which is very common. And then I like continued to live that out. So I was, I was doing all those things on top of running my business on top of, you know, also the actual taking care of my children, not just like all the accessory taking care of my children. I would have to take a minute. And I, I recommend you think about this in your life right now. Like, what do I really want? What do I really want? What really matters to me? And then actually do an analysis Are the things that I'm doing in my life, like is all that, the laundry, the meals, the taking care of everybody, is that leading to what I actually want? Or is it just me performing as a good girl because I was unconsciously programmed that that's how a woman behaves? So really just my, my advice is interrupt, start taking a conscious look at what are you doing with your time? And each individual task, is it leading to the result I want or not? Which of course, first requires you to ask yourself what you want. And probably most folks have not been asked what they want in a very long time. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest stay. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. 
As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing or two about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with a reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com backslash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com backslash biggerpockets. Hey there, fellow libation lovers. Let's talk about something that's sure to tickle your taste buds. Total Wine & More. Are you ready to embark on a journey through the aisles of endless possibilities? Total Wine & More is your one-stop shop for all things wine, whiskey, and everything in between. From the smoothest Cabernets to the boldest bourbons, they've got it all. And the best part? Their team of friendly guides is here to help you navigate through the maze of choices. Need a recommendation? They've got you covered. But wait, it gets even better. Total Wine & More offers convenient curbside pickup and delivery, so you can stock up on your favorites without ever leaving your car or home. So, what are you waiting for? Dive into the world of Total Wine & More today and discover your next favorite libation. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. That's TotalWine.com. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Many women don't know, right? They don't have a clear answer because they didn't even have the time to stop or nobody ask, as you're saying, to stop and, and think about what do I, and you can add your name, want. Not like what is best for my family, what is best for my community to the world. I think this is the time to be quote unquote selfish to the point that you stop and just think about it. But one thing that I want to ask you, a lot of women, and I'm using this word here and correct me if I'm wrong, they're addicted to it. Oh yeah. To the to the point that that they understand that they shouldn't be doing, they they just have a hard time letting go as if it is an addiction, which I well it is actually an addiction. Okay. Neuro. How can we break it out? The way our bodies work, it is an addiction because pressure and busyness and rushing create a hormonal response of releasing adrenaline and cortisol. So being in the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight, flight, or freeze releases chemicals, adrenaline, cortisol that our body then uh, adapts to and needs in order to feel normal. The other thing to keep in mind here is depending on what kind of environment you grew up in, there's a level of stress and pressure that feels like home to you. And so if you don't address that and choose what home feels like to you, you will continue to recreate what home feels like to you through creating stress, busyness, and pressure, even if they're not necessary, because your set point, your thermostat is a certain level of pressure and stress. So uh, Gay Hendricks talks about this a lot in his book, The Big Leap. And he talks about that we have this thermostat for how much joy, pleasure, relaxation, abundance, we feel that it's okay to feel. And that thermostat set point is based on our childhood experiences. Mm. Now, again, the good news is we can change the thermostat, but it does require some consciousness. And so the way we do that is very similar back to the rewiring that we talked about with money, 
right? But it's around time. And so over time, we can adjust our set point, our thermostat by teaching our bodies to feel safe in times of doing less. Now, this doesn't mean the goal is to sit still all day. If you came to visit me at my house, I do a lot of things. I'm happiest when I'm doing things, right? So like doing less again, doesn't mean doing nothing, but it means doing less of the things that don't matter. So you have more bandwidth for the things that fill you up because work doesn't feel hard when it's joyful, right? Like this, I would imagine for you ladies, you love doing this podcast. It's a joy. It doesn't feel like work, right? This is what we're wanting more of. And so, so you can practice small amounts. Like this is why meditation is so powerful. This is why breath work is so powerful. This is why taking a walk without your phone is so powerful. Like building in small moments of pause and then realizing like, wow, I don't have my phone right now. I'm sitting in the dentist office. I'm looking at the wall. I'm going to do that for three minutes today and expand my window of tolerance for stillness. And then the next day, maybe you could do it for five minutes. And over time, what that does is it heals your nervous system so that your nervous system and your, your body, your liter, your whole system can over time switch from a fuel source of stress and pressure to a fuel source of wholeness and joy, because you've had more and more experiences of being in a calm, relaxed state and realizing that you survive. You know, I just want to Mm -hmm. highlight what you're saying about increasing the tolerance for stillness, because I have, I always had this thing that when I am on vacation, I do have a hard time doing nothing, really hard time. I always have books with me at the beach uh, because I don't know. And I look around and say, how can that person just sit and do nothing and watch the waves? I just, I tried though. I can be a couple of minutes, but then I enjoy reading a book. So let me read a book. So what you're saying makes so much sense to me that I believe my tolerance is very short and I just need to start, um, elongating it little by little little. by little. So that's back to titration. Again, this is not extreme nervous system makeover. This is like, when we go at it like that, it actually can be re-traumatizing. So it Mm. actually can be harmful to the nervous system. So we actually want to be really gentle and loving And that's why, and I really recommend checking out Bridget Vixnan's work. Um, She's at Alchemical Alignment on Instagram. The, the, the aspect of small doable pieces. And so for you, yeah, if you sit down on the beach on vacation and you're like, you know what, for the next minute, I'm going to look out at the ocean. That's wonderful. And also know that just because someone is not, is like seeming more still than you, there are, there's two spectrums. There's the hypers and there's the hypos, right? So when we're in sympathetic nervous system response, fight, flight, or freeze, collapse. So just because someone's in stillness does not actually mean they have a more regulated nervous system. 
It's just that some of us are hypers and I'm more of a hyper. I, I tend towards anxiety. There are other folks who tend more towards depression and stasis. What we're wanting is to increase our window of tolerance to be adaptable in the middle to be able to have a larger window of like things happening and us returning to safety. That's what we want over time to practice. Um, So I just want to sort of like collapse the hierarchy of it's better to be still. We don't know. We never know what's happening inside somebody's body or their mind. This is great. I mean, I'm taking a lot of notes and like, oh, now I have to ask a question. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) What's really powerful though, Kate, I think it's so many levels here for, for all the women listening. It's like, it's gentle movement. It's gentle steps. And in, in so many times, Andres and I stand for that, right? Um, we just close a very big project, 700 units. Wow. And women are like overwhelmed with that thought. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not going to talk about closing 700 units. You don't go run 26 miles for a marathon. You go run for 10 minutes and then you do 15 minutes. Then you do a mile. I know that because I've done, I've done one at least. But in terms of this topic, right? This is really where the small micro action steps are actually going to propel you versus what you're saying. If you do it, I love this, this term, extreme nervous system makeover. I feel like whenever I've worked on my stillness or solitude, I go down like crazy lane. I'm like, I'm going to meditate for, for two hours today. I, go, I can go like extreme. I don't yeah. do anything, quite honestly. But I love what you're saying because it just aligns so nicely with our philosophy around investing and taking I love that. micro no, steps. I right? mean, everything is everything, yeah. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's so powerful. I want to ask you another question about, I love what you said on your, uh, I think it was on your Instagram, on, on your on your profile. I just love this. And I want to, I think it's a good segue as we, as we kind of have gentleness with ourselves and, and what have you. So um, you said, I don't think life is about being happy all the time. I think it's about feeling the entire spectrum of human emotions. So we have lived out every moment to the fullest extent we possibly can. I think it fits really nicely into what we were just saying, because it's also about the feeling, the emotions, uh, being curious, right? Some of the work that I've done in my own life, I be curious versus like, ah, what motion do I feel? Okay. Stop feeling that way. Feel happy, right? Feel joyful. I'm great. I'm grateful. I got a great life. I got a great life versus like, no, like be curious. So Tell us a little bit about that quote. Tell us a little bit about how women can bring that into their world too, mm-hmm. because a lot of pressure, right? Doing less, oh, uh, being all things, right. being happy it's, all the time, smiling no. all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this whole idea that there's somewhere we're getting to, like, there's not, there's no there, there, there's not like, we're all just going to die. That's it. That's the end. That's the only destination. Yeah. And then there's never going to be a moment where you get to a place and you're like, oh, wow, I did it now. I really achieved the highest high and now I am done. Mm-hmm. So if we know that that's true, then like all we have is right now. This is it. This is the whole, this is the whole world in a microscopic moment. And so it comes back to back to the nervous system, which is that I learned from, um, Emily Nagoski in her book burnout that, um, and she wrote it with her sister and her sister's name is escaping me, but I'm sure that you can find it for the show notes, Mm -hmm. um, because she deserves credit as well. Um, and so the book talks about that burnout, which I know people listening to this have experienced or are experiencing. It comes from living in a culture 
that has not taught us to complete the emotional stress cycle. And so the emotional stress cycle is we feel some, you know, something happens, there's a triggering event. Then we have a corresponding emotion, which is associated with a feeling in our body. And then what we've been taught is that you're supposed to be happy and high vibes only or good vibes only and like high frequency. And especially as women, like, why aren't you smiling? Right? Like you'd look so much more beautiful if you were smiling. (laughs) And, And then depending on what culture you were raised in, you know, I was raised in a, you know, very waspy environment, which is like, really like, we don't talk about what is real and anger is not something that we do. And so we learn that it's not okay to experience anger or shame or frustration or fear. And so we just stuff it down. And over time, what we have is a multitude of open emotional stress cycle loops that were never closed and they compound on each other. And so the beauty of living the moment to the fullest is like, if that moment is pissing you off, go into your closet and scream into a pillow. If you are feeling incredibly joyful, jump up and down, scream with delight, like you're three, you know, if you're feeling sad, cry. So the things that complete the emotional stress cycle and allow the emotion to leave your body as opposed to stuffing it, which over time creates kind of like a traumatic response are making sound, moving your body, especially rhythmically. That's why people rock, right? That's why we rock babies. It's for their nervous systems. It's why we rock when we're crying. It's for soothing. So tears, sound, movement, breath, laughter, mm. and probably orgasm. I don't know if that one's in the book, but I'm going to put Let's it add that. Let's add that. <laughs> so if you are able to actually allow your physiology to express what it needs to express, you can actually just move on. And then what's so beautiful is your capacity to experience joy increases just as you are expanding your capacity to feel anger or sadness. The the more expanded you get, the deeper you get, and then you're living more fully. And then you're also healing your nervous system in the process. So you get yourself into less pickles because you're self-sabotaging, you know, because you're not self-sabotaging anymore. Wow. This is, this is powerful stuff. I, you know, sorry to keep thinking about myself. Of course, when you, if if I'm experiencing it, the women listening are, but here, here's what's funny about some of the things we try to do in life. Beginning of the year, I'm like, I'm going to create a space for myself to create some thinking time for myself. And there's merit to that. But what I really need is actually being mindful of how I feel because I, st- I can stay more in my head. And when you're in your head, you don't, even, you don't even know you're angry. And then you're like blown up on something and you're like, Oh, I'm annoyed. That's interesting. Cause you, you're just almost shocked as much as the way you're acting about something. Right. So my point in saying that is for me, something recently, I love what you're saying because I'm actually going to create more times in my day. How is Liz feeling? Not so much my thinking, mm-hmm. right? Cause I don't need more of that time. work. What you're saying is powerful for the people who can stay in their head a lot. I feel like busy women do stay in their head a lot and and we're here versus in our heart and like how we actually feel. And so if you do that, and then to your point, the recipe of the making the sound, moving the body, breath. Yeah. And you don't have to do it like in public. 
right? Like, of course there's a feeling of like, I can't do that. I'll look hysterical and crazy. Do it in your closet, go in the car and scream, like do a breathwork practice behind your closed door. Like you don't have to, I'm not going to like do Instagram stories of this for, for me, other people can <laughs> like, <laughs> this is for you with you. Yeah. And, and that, now, and now I will say though, there are communities where it's beautiful to do this collectively also, because when we have had nervous system injuries in relationship, they are healed mm. in relationship, which is why, like, you know, I do this workout called the class, for example. And like, there's parts where you make noise. It's great because you're making noise in a safe space with other humans. So you can do that too. Great. You no, know, I think so many times for women, we need to just take baby steps toward, towards yes. this. Right. And to what everything you said, and, and obviously we, we wholeheartedly agree with that. So I guess what's, what are some of those other, any other first little baby steps? I think I, I love your suggestions here around the, the movement and feeling the feeling any other thoughts too, or any other. Yeah. Baby steps? So, um, I mean, we didn't really get into this. It's a whole can of worms, but <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to like dive into a whole new topic right now, but one of the main <laughs> things that I teach is cyclical awareness around either our menstrual cycles or the moon. And knowing that as women, we are people who experience cyclical energy and hormonal energy over a 28 ish day cycle, but we are living in a world that is based on a 24 hour cycle. So this idea that we would feel the same every day leads to so much internal negative self-talk, negative energy, because we're, we're trying to fit into a system that is like literally not how our bodies were made. So I would actually recommend starting to track your cycle, your menstrual cycle. If you have one, if not track the moon, we've got a, we've got, you know, new moons and full moons, just keep it simple. New moons and full moons, there's two a month and start to notice how do I feel at different times of the month and take ownership for the power of each phase. There are four phases. They're exactly like the four seasons. You can read more about it in in my book, do less. And I'll give you a, a resource at the end of the conversation also, but that also unplugs you from the idea that you're wrong. If you don't feel the same every day, because we, you were not designed to, and one of your greatest superpowers is your cyclical nature. And so I would actually recommend getting to know about your cyclical nature, whether it's with your period or with the moon, or just, you know, you might be cyclical in some other whole way and start to celebrate your cyclical nature as opposed to, and just even, it could be as simple, like small doable steps, just stop talking bad about the way you feel. Wouldn't that be amazing? If you could just be like, this is how I feel today. Period. No judgments. (laughs) No judgments. Oh, I love it. I love it. You gave us so many amazing nuggets, Kate. This has been phenomenal. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow along this, this fantastic journey you're on? Yeah. So um, the best place is to go over to theorigincompany.co forward slash strategies. So theorigincompany.co forward slash strategies. We have something there called the business pressure relief kit, which is Mm -hmm. our gift to you. You could really insert the word, the life pressure relief kit. It's the same thing. (laughs) And it's going to walk you through some practical action steps around like the cyclical nature of your energy and the stories you're telling yourself and some of the nervous system stuff. So check that out. And then, um, please come find me on Instagram at Kate Northrup. You can find my company at the origin over there. And I'd love to connect. 
Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. The first one, Kate, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Gosh, so many. But my one that I talk about a lot is called Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. And it's about how uh, specifically her work is in social justice, but it really applies anywhere you are, how we can look to models in the natural world to inspire solutions with our human problems. Wonderful. The second one is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? Mm, I use a tool that I created called the daily energy tracker, and it's part of my do less planner system. It's like a three minute routine in the morning, a two minute routine at night. And it's really around stewarding my cyclical energy, celebrating my cyclical energy and using my cyclical energy to know where I'm at on any given day and and what would be the best way to turn my time and attention. Wonderful. The last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Which woman famous or not has inspired me the most? You know, I think that my granny Edna Northrup, she passed away this past September and she was 95 and she was a real powerhouse. She was a, she was a pioneer in her own right. And she had six children and she hiked the Appalachian trail when she was 65 and she became the youngest North American woman to ever climb to Mount Everest base camp when she was 84. And uh, her mantra was no limits. There were no limits for her. That's your lineage, Kate. That's on their fall. Kate, thank you so much for being on with us, sharing your wisdom with, with the women in our community. We appreciate your time and appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.